get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's this episode's host from up the coast, the man who puts the X in Xbox and the tie on antisocial... Comedy Soundcast Soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Saner. Salute town, estes me, Tyson Saner. Welcome to Suckatash, the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast, episode 296. I am your host this week for a more or less typical clips episode of Suckatash. Last week, in episode 295, my co-host and your every other show host, Mark Hershon, brought a bouquet of clips from the soundcasts known as Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart, Hypochondriactor, The Extra Mundane with Matt West, and Let's Make a Sci-Fi. Episode 295 also had the distinction of being the episode of Succotash that featured the debut of a new, quote, thing, unquote, for the show. That particular, quote, thing, unquote, being an audio presentation of a humorous essay that was adapted by Mark Hershon and comedian Dan St. Paul from his blog Slices. It was called The No-Tube Alternative, and you can also read that one and over three dozen more at dansaintpaul.substack.com. That is D-A-N-S-T-P-A-U-L dot substack, which is S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K dot com. You can listen to the episode in its entirety at www.suckatashshow.com in our show archive, and I encourage you to do so at your earliest convenience, should that sort of thing be of interest to you. In this week's episode, I've got clips from three soundcasts for you. They are called JudyCast with Francis Gum, The Ramble, and Lightning Bugs Conversations with Ben Folds. There's also likely to be a classic spot from our ubiquitous fake sponsor, Henderson's Pants, delivered with abject professionalism by our esteemed announcer, Bill Haywatt. Let's get to it, shall we? First up, JudyCast with Francis Gum from JudyCast. Now that is capital J-U-D-Y and then capital C-A-S-T squished together. Its description says, JudyCast is a surreal talk-slash-variety show hosted by Judy Garland and her band of Hollywood and Broadway legends. Solely voiced and produced by Bill Fair, there's really no other podcast like it. Now, as of December of 2021, there are 25 episodes to be listened to. And even though this clip is from the episode that posted on March 5th, 2006, and is the oldest episode available on iTunes, it references itself in the episode as the 11th episode. Also, this show predates Succotash by around five years. The episode is called A Tetris Valentine, in which, the description says, Judy discusses the love of her life and plays Tetris. Most of the episodes are under a half hour long, and the Tetris stuff will come later in this episode. I thought I'd go back to an early portion of this quote-unquote first episode, which is just the earliest that I could find. Uh, you know, Roger, it's been so cold, yeah. hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so cold, you know. Uh, when I lived in Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, I was a very little girl. Uh, it used to get so cold. Uh, Papa, who would... Uh, you know, warm up the house was the stove. And, uh, one day, uh, there was an accident, uh, uh, and part of the kitchen, uh, was singed, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, uh, my sisters and my, and, uh, 
Mama. Uh, they all ran out of the house, and uh, Papa uh, brought me in. Mm. Uh, we were waiting uh, for the fireman, and uh, uh, I thought to myself, is that all there is? Is that all there is? If that's all there is, my friend, then let's keep a dancing. Let's bring our booze and Where's the music? What happened to my inner symphony? Judy, we have to get back to the show. Oh. Did you have a nice weekend? Oh, God, it was the last weekend. I don't think I felt this unaccomplished since Royal Wedding. What? You know, I've often wondered why darling sweet Charles Lawton masqueraded about as Victor Hugo's sacred monster. According to Mr. Mayor, I could have easily played the part. Uh, Edens could have done some special material for it with a patchwork score by Blaine and uh, Martin. Uh, Of course, Kay, she could have created magnificent flying buttress vamps. What does any of this have to do with royal wedding? Uh, Nothing says denture cleansing and incontinence undergarments like a pair of MGM (laughs) alarms. What? Well, had I not left when things... As I went, what do you suppose I'd be hawking? I don't know, June Allison and Jane Powell kind of had that area covered. I suppose they, and I don't know who they is, would have asked me to sell corn removers. Maybe. I think it was secretly written into the contract, you know. My mother signed anything, damn near signed my soul away as a support hose. I'm sure there were some good intentions behind it. I've been on so many chase lounges, if you want to do Lady in the Dark, save it for another episode. Sorry, Judy, I didn't mean to pry. Oh, darling, you still love me, right? Of course. That didn't sound convincing. Do you mean it? Judy, of course I do. (laughs) Good. Okay. Liza's old TV special, Liza with a Z, it's uh, being restored. I know, isn't it delicious? They're doing a special event at the Ziegfeld Theatre for Broadway Cares, uh, Equity Fights Edge, uh, with John Kander and Liza. But of course, they haven't invited me. I know. I know we won't be able to go, but um, at least we'll be able to see it on Showtime, or we can pick up the uh, DVD. I think it's coming out in April. I'm the mother of the bride. They don't want me there. Judy, you know our situation is unusual. At any rate, a mother's kisses to you. Oh, and she was in uh, New York Magazine in the last issue. Don't you just love that cultural matrix? Yes, I do. Hey, let's take a call. Yes, let's. Hey, this is Drew from Memphis. Oh, Drew, hello. I just heard the podcast from this week where you talked to me on air, and I was so excited. I almost drove off the road. What? But I didn't. Thank God. Anyway, I just wanted to call and say thanks for talking to me, and... Uh, you sound lovely. You sound lovely as well, and that whole Sugar Hill thing that you turned into Brokeback Mountain Hill, whatever, was great. I hope Dolly Parton's not upset that you borrowed her, you know, song. I mean, she wasn't when Whitney did it, so why not Judy, you know? It's good for the good. Anyway. For- Drew? Darling? Lift up my shirt and throw me some beds. We were disconnected again. We tried to fix those technical issues last week, but I think I deleted part of the show by accident. How controversial. Ooh. Ooh. Here comes the most controversial bit of all. Piece of listener mail? Well, yes, this one comes from Mike. Dear Judy, I found myself alone on Valentine's Day, where I settled in for the evening and played your podcast and found that it was the perfect gift for myself, mm-hmm. better than any dumb roses or candy from some stinky old boy. Thank you so much for an unforgettable night, Mike. P.S. I hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day. 
Right, so wonder that you mentioned Valentine's Day, Mike, because uh, I had an awful time. It isn't good being alone on Valentine's Day, but then mm. it's worse to be with someone else mm. when your true heart's desire lies somewhere over the rainbow. Always, always Valentine's Day makes me think of him. So the show is still putting out episodes, and uh, it does not currently have a Twitter account that I could find. Also, Bill Fair does not seem to have a Twitter account. But you can go to www.judycast.com for more information. That is www.judycast.com. Next up, The Ramble from Jerry Rocha. Its description says, Comedian Jerry Rocha talks about whatever is on his mind at the time. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Now, I've selected a clip from the episode 296, which was posted on November 10th, 2021. As its description says, in this one, Eddie and Jerry, Cody somehow found a day baseball game to go to, talk James Bond, haunted houses, video games, and so much more. Enjoy! Well, I actually did enjoy listening to this, and this particular clip involves the Lord of the Rings movies and... And female arousal. Here, let me. I'm gonna get real nerdy. Okay, okay, put here. Hey, all you vaginas out there, get ready. Sorry, can't help you. Uh, as you're gonna get wet, wet with this. But my one, my one will listen to this episode in the bathroom, in the tub with the get get the dildos handy, ladies. Because here we go. Um, here's. Can I tell you my one gripe with Lord of the Rings, yeah. the movies? Yes. Have please. you? Did you ever read the books? Uh, no. Okay. I never read the I'm books. Gonna, I'm going to spoil something. I tried and I could not do it. Could, did Tom Bombadil ruin it? Did you, could you not get past him? I, you know the guy who sings? Like, here, okay, real quick. People were mad that they didn't put him in the movie, Tom Bombadil, but he's basically like the most powerful creature in all of Middle Earth. Yeah. And it's early. Okay, remember at the beginning when Frodo and the Hobbits are hiding from the ring wraiths on yes. their journey before they meet Aragorn, yes. right? Before they get to that shitty hotel yes. where they're just, you know, right. the, 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 the travel lodge of Middle Earth that they meet Aragorn at. Um, <laughs> We've worked gigs like that. Isn't that the oh, saddest yeah. part? That shitty hotel bar. I've done, I've done trouble runs. Trouble runs. We've been there. Where the room is worse than those rooms. <laughs> worse than the worse. And um, so yeah, like it. So they hide from the ring race, and a tree starts to eat them yeah. in the book. And then this guy just starts. They hear a voice singing, and it gets rid of the tree. And he's this guy named Tom Bombadil, and he's like the friendliest guy. Uh, he's banging basically, who I think is a metaphor for Mother Nature. That's like his wife, yeah. and they just live together. And he just rescues the Hobbit. Frodo has the ring on, and he's like, "Hey, how you doing, man?" Didn't does he sees him play? He's that strong. The ring does it like yeah. He, if Sauron came to him with the ring on to fuck him up, this dude would just sing a song or something, and Sauron's dead. Right? It's just that he's that strong. Right. Um, but he's pointless for the movie. Right. It he's too doesn't, powerful. D- doesn't carry any of the story forward. And in the book, they even say when they gather at the elf hut or what, you know, the main elf city. Yeah. 
when the fellowship first unites. And and in the book, they're like, why don't we just leave it with Tom Bombadil? Rivendell? Rivendell. When they're in Rivendell, they're like, why don't we just leave the ring with him? You know? And Gandalf was like, he would forget. Like, it, that buys us 200 years, but he's still going to get it because Tom would just forget about it because it doesn't affect him. And right. someone else would find it, and we have the same problem. He's so powerful. Right? It doesn't matter to him. Yeah, it's so powerful. So they left him out. Good. But anyway, the, in the books, uh, at the end, I don't know. Did you see the extended cuts of the movies? Yes. Yes. Okay, remember when the, the king of the ring wraiths, when he flies up and he destroys Gandalf's staff, and yeah. it looks like he's about to kill him, and then yeah. he leaves, and then the woman kills him because she exploits the no man can kill me. And she's like, well, yeah, good. I'm not a man. Fuck you. Right? Right, right, right. right. It's, I love that part. Yeah. What I didn't like was in the book, it's completely different. It, he flies up to Gandalf, and Gandalf is like, you want some of this? You really want to fuck with me? And he flies away. Like, Gandalf doesn't quite say those words. Right. But, but Gandalf literally is like... F-bomb in no, the no, he But he, he basically says, well, if it's on, motherfucker, then it's on, G. Well, if it's on, motherfucker... You know, and the guy just is like, I don't want any piece right. of this. And he flees. Right. That, I, I, that's, I mean, I know for the movie it's better to have the dramatic purpose of right. Jesus. No one's going to stop this guy. But right. but it also that, shows how powerful Gandalf was. Shows how powerful Gandalf, the, the big G. He had stopping right. him. You know, right. fuck. So that was the one thing that disappointed. One thing I didn't like about the extended. I wanted to see that scene where Gandalf was like, well, fuck you, motherfucker. Let's do something. You want to do something? Let's <laughs> do something. You want to throw down? Let's throw down. Let's throw down. You want to fucking squab? We're going to squab? He actually, that's what he says. Squab. You want to squab? We're going right. to squab? We're going to squab? And he gets like, does this. And like, they're both right there. Like, they're, they're chesting. They're chesting. Yeah, chesting. They're going to throw, throw fists. You want to throw right. fists? I'll and throw fists. And then he leaves. He leaves. Yeah. That's just saying. Hmm. But that's so, all right. Vaginas. There you go. Now you know what to do. Um, <laughs> Hit pause. Take care of business. Hit come back. Pause. I'm sure you can't wait. I'm sure you can't wait. <laughs> so you can reach out to the show on Twitter at Podcast Ramble One. That is all lowercase P O D C A S T. R-A-M-B-L-E, and the numeral one. Jerry Rocha can be reached on Twitter at Rocha Comedy. That is all lowercase R-O-C-H-A-C-O-M-E-D-Y. Eddie Pence can be reached at all lowercase E-D-D-I-E-P-E-N-C-E. And Cody Villafana can be reached at Cinesnob Cody. That is all lowercase C-I-N-E-S-N-O-B-C-O-D-Y. Now, it does have a website listed as theramblepod.com, uh, and there was not an active website at that address as of March 9th, 2022, but there might be now. Well, hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. You know, as the saying goes, fame is fleeting, but it doesn't have to be. When you become well-known for wearing Henderson's spiffy new Hooray for Hollywood slacks, you'll be doing a star turn every time you hit the town in these ultra-modern, ultra-cool pants because they are custom-fitted, but not customized to your contours. Oh, my goodness, no. Hooray for Hollywood slacks! designed for both men and women have been made to duplicate the look of some of the silver screen's most famous butts and groins. Imagine having your behind mistaken from behind for Cary Grant or Charlize Theron or the daring derriere of Scarlett Johansson or Bradley Cooper. Even the spectacular package of Milton Berle, Forrest Tucker or John Hamm. It's a case of mistaken identity that you'll be happy to 
to have. Not to mention that now as you bump and grind your way down the street, it will be like being on your very own personal walk of fame. Originally designed for Shire LaBeef, most residents of Reseda and the Beverly Hills Police Dockers Task Force, Henderson's Hooray for Hollywood pants are available wherever the beautiful people are afraid to shop. Plus in Kardashian sizes by special order only. That's Henderson's makers of fine leggings and butthuggers since 1867. And now back to Suckatash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Finally, Lightning Bugs, Conversations with Ben Folds from Cast Media and Ben Folds. Cast, in this case, is spelled with a K. K-A-S-T, and then media, spelled regularly. Its description says, Join us in celebrating and commiserating with some of the world's foremost creatives about their endlessly various artistic processes. Not just in the arts, but in science, medicine, politics, technology, and more. Together, we will figure out ways to maintain a spirit of curiosity and innovation in our everyday lives. New York Times bestselling author and musician Ben Folds hosts a podcast focused on enlightening conversations each week with guests. The show is also on YouTube, and it has a question submission web link here. So I went back and I chose the debut episode, which was posted on April 4th, 2021, and it features guest Augustine Fuentes. And this particular episode is called Discovering the Evolution of Creativity and Why Monkeys Steal Things. In its description, it says, Today, he talked to anthropologist Augustine Fuentes about the role of creativity in our evolution and survival, how societies cause writer's block, and the time a macaque monkey stole Ben's glasses. Here's how I kind of came to I need an anthropologist. I've been over the last decade advocating for arts funding a lot. And when you start advocating for arts funding, you have a set of arguments that is hasn't really been thought out much, but we all like art. And so it's like, I wish you'd spend money on art. That's good. I, I realized really quickly that's not that compelling with senators and congressmen, right? So then you move on to, well, there's the educational side of it. Little more. Economy. And economy gets their attention even <laughs> a little bit more. Where I find I kind of lose people is along a lot of the same places that you hit on in your book, the, the creative spark. People are the ideas animals. That's one. People would still be in the middle of the food chain if it wasn't for creativity and ideas. Therefore, we should, we should invest in that. If you go to argue for the value of art and the value of creativity, uh, where, where do you begin? Art, right? Writ large. Creativity, imagination is what makes us human. And it's what allows us to be successful on the planet. That's the sort of baseline. People are like, well, so what? What does that mean? How is finger painting going to, you know, make me successful in the world? Um, and the bottom line is, okay, well, let's talk about it in three different ways. First, creative activity, what we call art or symbol or even play some often. Um, actually is critical to building all the connections and proper functioning of our brain and body. Art actually helps us learn how to be adults, right? And right. keeps adults learning how to be human. The second thing is that art brings us together, right? Sort of creative activities, imagination, force us to think with others, to put stuff together, to collaborate, teaching us all of those skills that we need. Humans by themselves don't do very well. We need others. We need to collaborate, coordinate. So it, it sort of 
gets our brains ready. It teaches us how to uh, cooperate and collaborate to get stuff done. And I think really importantly, it provides us with the fuel, the juice, the spark that we need to actually make it in the world. And so to not support arts, to not get kids and humans of all ages involved in creative activity, imagination and expression, whatever that, that form takes, is actually doing damage to our lives, damage to our societies. And if you wanna sort of throw that in, damage to economies. There's tons of evidence about depression and happiness, about productivity, about sort of connectivity, all of those things. And so it's all there. The problem is you gotta lay it out and it takes a while and people wanna snappy answer. And, and the thing, creativity is all around us. So it's hard to say like a three word, this is why you should buy it. It is an art right here in its little corner. And then there's real life. If you're creating the economy, well, that's, that's creative. Do you draw that sort of, you've got to be an, an artist to make art or is artists everywhere? <laughs> Where do you stand? So it depends on what you mean by art, right? So yeah. art, right, is the product of creative, imaginative activity frequently in collaboration with others. In that sense, we can talk about painting or music or other kinds of crafts as art, but we can also talk about the structuring of an economy, right? As right. a product of the same processes turned in a different way, right? So to create an amazing oil painting, right? There's a whole bunch of stuff and training and thinking and imagining and working that goes into that. Those skills, those skill sets are involved in stuff like fixing a car, right? Figuring out how to stretch a paycheck to the end of the month. We forget is that we're all using the same systems. And so to enrich those systems, to train them, to live with them, that, that's how we get good at being human. And art is that central feature. In The Creative Spark, you sort of make a stand for art being collaborative, at least as much as it is individual. And in a, in a time where we're really, we're really celebrating the individual to the point of almost being selfish. When you think about collaboration in art and, and the way that has formed people, those of us, and that's everyone who makes things, collaboration, like how does that work for us all? Maybe just talk a little bit about collaboration and from an anthropologist and a human's point of view. So here's the very first thing about collaboration that's so amazing. Our brain, right, that, that it's connected to the rest of the body. The brain doesn't do anything by itself. It's all connected, but the brain is so important, the neurobiology, those structures. So your brain's resting state, right, the human brain, when it's at rest, when you're just not doing anything, it's in what we call the social state. It's in the same state as it is when you're interacting with others. So when we're alone and resting, our brain is turned on and social. And that's because that's how we learn, how we engage, how we grow up and become human. So when I talk about collaboration, it's often that some one individual does something amazing, but that one individual, as you just said, was using a piano built by other people, was learning tunes that others have written and taught to that individual, was trying to emulate the kind of music or information or sounds or experience that they heard somewhere else. When we're by ourselves, and we're by ourselves a lot now, <laughs> in the contemporary like lockdown pandemic, we have to remember that we're never alone actually in here. Our brain's resting state is one of interconnection. So we're always thinking with, about, and through others. So the show does not have a dedicated Twitter account as of yet. 
Ben Folds can be reached at Ben Folds, capital B-E-N, capital F-O-L-D-S. Augustine Fuentes can be reached at Anthro Fuentes, that is capital A-N-T-H-R-O-F-U-E-N-T-E-S. And the podcast's main website is listed at www.benfolds.com forward slash podcast. And apparently you can submit questions to them at www.speakpipe, that is S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com forward slash Ben Folds, capital B and capital F on the Ben and the Folds respectively. Well, there you have it. There's another episode of Succotash for the archives. It's almost 11 years deep in that thing. If you didn't already know that, you do now. I do hope you found something interesting in this week's offerings. If you didn't, then there's a very good chance that you will find something of interest in another episode. There's simply too wide an array of talent and personalities that have been sampled for you over the years that if absolutely nothing interests you in any single existing episode, then all I have to say to you is, don't give up trying. New episodes come out every week. I'm sure we will catch your interest at some point. Anyway, thank you for listening. Be decent to each other. And if you'd like to get a second opinion on what you just heard, or you would just like to share us with others, then by all means, pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Succotash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at T-Y-S-O-N at SuccotashShow.com. Or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll-call number, 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at Hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Sargatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Sargatash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Sargatash goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.